Archimax login confirmed. Welcome to the Lodge. You've accessed the LodgeCast experience. Warning, warning. Dangerous spoilers ahead. Enjoy. Hello to Matt's Movie Lodge. I am Radon Chong. I want to send love and light to you all at this time. And now, by the power vested in me, I summon the Lodge Cast. The Lodge Cast is a little podcast where we watch weird movies. So you don't have to. The Lodge Cast, baby. Episode 93, Promising Young Woman. Hello and welcome to another scintillating edition of the LodgeCast. I'm your LodgeMaster. With me as always is Brother Bishki. Hello, baby. Brother Lucas. Good evening. And tonight we have a constellation of star guests. <laughs> we have Sister Brandy. Hello, hello. And <laughs> Sister Jessie. Hey there. <laughs> We've all gathered here tonight to discuss a film called Promising Young Woman. <sighs> And listen, we are nothing if not a completely professional podcast. There is no discussion beforehand about any movie that we cover. You have to know this. (laughs) The listener gets to hear us hot and fresh out the kitchen. (laughs) And suffice it to say, I have absolutely no idea how the bones are going to drop on this particular film tonight. But I do think, love it or hate it, this film should be seen by as many of our listeners as possible. Yeah. Because yes. it is it is of right now, and it is a spicy one. So therefore, we are going to attempt to be a bit vague about some of the particulars in this twisty-turny plot. But ideally, I recommend you turning this episode off right now, watching the <laughs> film, and then returning to the ridiculously insightful discussion we're about to have. So that's that's the prelude. So let's dig in. So did anybody know anything about this going in? I went in totally blind. I do remember that we saw saw the trailer for this a lot, like a year ago. This movie was supposed to right. come out. It was on the LodgeCast schedule for April. And then <laughs> wor- world history intruded. And now we had to yes, wait um, to see it. But I do remember the trailer. So I kind of knew from the trailer what we were getting into a little bit but not right. fully what we were getting into. But yeah. I saw the trailer and was hooked already. I wanted to see this. <laughs> this was like so up my alley. It was on your list oh, from, from high, the jump. High on my list. But I only saw the preview like a month ago, so I didn't see it when it originally right. was was slated. Brother Lucas, did you know anything about this? Yeah, I remember seeing this trailer uh, back in the day, and I felt the trailer kind of showed you maybe too much of what you were about to see. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I'd, I'd seen some online chatter about, about the elements of the movie, <laughs> uh, which I, I won't really get into, but, uh, I had a, a pretty sturdy awareness of it going in because, uh, 
it seemed like such a uh, provocative film. Yes, very provocative. And I, I felt the same way about the trailer. That's why, like, 10 seconds in, I shut the trailer off. I so wish I did. I, like, had a, I had a little glimpse of what was to come, but not the full, the full picture by any means. It's written and directed by Emerald Fennel, which is an amazing name. <laughs> know nothing about her other than that she is an actor. She plays Camilla Parker Bowles on The Crown. Which is a big deal. Or so I've heard. I don't watch The Crown, <laughs> but, I, you know, some people swear by it. She also has a cameo in this. Yes. She appears as a YouTube makeup <laughs> guru, yeah. which is a which is a great cameo idea mm-hmm. for a director. Like yeah. that's that's the perfect the perfect amount you should be in your own movie, <laughs> I feel. Yeah. <laughs> but right off the bat, like this the general idea of this film is that there is this woman played by Carrie Mulligan who lures men into her orbit as she pretends to be too drunk to function and she exacts revenge on them when they attempt to take advantage of her. And throughout the movie, you realize why she's doing that, what drives her and kind of how that all plays out as the tension keeps rising throughout as you learn more and more. So right off the bat, like the opening credits are just, khaki crotches gyrating on a dance floor <laughs> in a club. And I was I, I smiling ear to ear at that. Like, I've never seen that oh, yeah. particular angle. Just just business, casual, khaki yep. dude crotches. Polos and chinos bumping and gyrating. <laughs> <laughs> it instantly puts you in the world. It puts you, you can smell all the various clashing douchebag colognes on these dudes. And you're there, you're in the club. The movie kind of feels like a series of vignettes at a certain point with the different men she meets. Like we start off where she meets Adam Brody and it kind of sets the stage for what her general MO is. And the acting is, I thought was so top notch. Like what did you guys think of the intro getting us into this world? Uh, Yeah, I thought it was sort of the perfect introduction sentence to the whole thesis of the film. Like, you, you're on that journey in that scene where you think Adam Brody, it's perfect casting because you're like, oh, he's the nice guy. He's going to take care of yep. this situation. <laughs> he's going to do the right thing because those other two guys are clearly the douches. Mm-hmm. Um Mm-hmm. But then that's that's the beauty of the film is you find out he's not the nice guy. It's the nice guys who pretend to be nice guys and then do the bad things. So uh, I, I love <laughs> yep. the casting choices yes. in this film. All of the comedic actors who are playing dramatic roles. Fantastic. The cast is absolutely bonkers. It's Carrie Mulligan. It's Adam Brody. It's Clancy Brown playing... Carrie Mulligan's dad in like a straight role. He's not, he doesn't have any <laughs> ulterior sinister motives. He's just, yeah. he's just straight up lovable Clancy Brown, which is great. Jennifer Coolidge is her mom. Great. Allison Brie, Connie Britton, Laverne Cox, Sam Richardson from Veep, Christopher Mintz Plotz. Eighth grade director Bo Burnham has a large role. Large role. Molly motherfucking Shannon is in this. Molly Uncredited Shannon. Alfred Molina. I mean, it's it's out of control. 
And everybody has come to play, at least in my opinion. Like, I think they knew that the material was strong and they fucking brought it. And like, not playing their usual, you know, characters either. Because like, right. the guys no. that they picked to, to have Carrie take home as these just sleazes. Yeah. They're McLovin? the nice guys. McLovin, like, yes. Oh my God, McLovin <laughs> with his like little like thirst trap apartment with his three dream oh, catchers and his Himalayan light. <laughs> it's just like, oh, you can tell he does this like on a regular. Yeah, that is exactly what makes it feel so fresh and so like of the now. It's like, we know what Harvey Weinstein looks like. Now, what about all mm -hmm. the... What about all the underlings that that facilitated it yeah. or were operating in the shadows, you know? The guys that are taking the girl so, home to protect her from other really bad guys. Right, right. <laughs> I was going to protect her because the other really bad guys were around. <laughs> <laughs> and they're always like, yeah. oh, you're so pretty. So and, uh, pretty. McLovin mm -hmm. was like... You know, you don't even need makeup. Guys don't even like makeup. You're so pretty. Like, like so genius. That it's so, ooh. Yeah. Oh. Who thought she was murdering these guys, like, right off the bat? Like, I, I mean, I thought she was just a serial, you know, revenge murderer. I was hoping. <laughs> well, yeah. we, we slowly realized she's keeping a journal with little tally marks. And... There are red ones yes. and there are black ones and there are fewer red ones. So, I mean, I think she's ultimately just scolding them like or maybe she's doing other things like in terms of what her I was a little confused, it's, but, it's but I guess it's not really clear. They, they don't spell it out. The fact that we don't know is kind of beautiful. It's like it's it's allowing us to just imagine the extent of what she's doing. You know, which is not normal in movies these days. Everything's so overexplained all the time. So, listen, guys, we got a very quiet LT on our hands here. It's going to be a very dangerous thing. So we got to check in with the boy. We got to see if this is a student feature or if uh, he fell asleep during it. Like, what is what's going on, Lucas? What? Where are you at at this point? Uh, I, yeah, no, I'm right there with you all. I mean, it's a very high glossy, like well-made, crafted film. Like I like the art direction, like every yeah setting, very vividly brought to life. Um, wow. And the, okay. And the cast, yeah, it's like a stacked cast, like you mentioned, and like essentially every scene is the audition scene. It's like a series of short films, That's like true. strung together. Like yes. every kind of scene works on its own. Uh, it is shot, you know, interestingly or blocked a certain way. Um, but yeah, I when in the, in the early goings, I wasn't really clear on what the story was. Like I knew what the character was. Like I knew she was like this Avenger right. of some kind. Like I kind of looked at her like Charles Bronson from Death Wish, except uh, yes, she was just like yeah, ter terrorizing you know date rapists. Um, but but after a while, I was like, where is this going? I'm not quite sure what the end game is here. But then it gets going. Like, yeah. <laughs> then you find out. It gets out. going, and then, and then it has an end game <laughs> yeah. that I don't know if anybody sees coming. But, um, yeah, that's true. And usually when a movie feels like vignettes or a collection of short films, usually that's annoying to me. And you can really, you know, the structure of it, calls itself out and you're like, is this even a movie? Like, what is this? But 
it did not bug me at all because the the scenes were so strong. Like every every one of these audition scene scenes is played to the hilt. Like Allison Bree's scene in the Ugh. restaurant. Holy shit. So good. That's where the addiction becomes the mission, you know, where she has a purpose all of a sudden. You're just like, I see yes. where it's going. Yes. The gears are turning and you see it starting to f- unfold in that scene. And it's so good. The scene with Connie Britton as her oh. former dean of her school. Amazing. Like every scene is just like knocked out of the park with these guys. And Bo Burnham, like I might be like a Bo Burnham super fan <laughs> at this point because, you know, I love eighth grade and I thought his performance in this was just like out of this world. He is so the guy that he played. Like yep. he inhabits it so perfectly mm-hmm. that like I was I was fucking mystified. Like their chemistry was yep. clicking. Oh man. He's the Lloyd Dobler. Ooh. He is. He's the Lloyd Dobler. He is. He's so perfect. But he's not the cool guy. Oh. He's not the the flashy guy. Nope. He doesn't have the lines. And that's what makes him interesting. Yep. You're like, I know this guy. I've met this guy 450,000 times. And you think he's perfect. In my real life. He's perfect for her. When he drinks the coffee, dynamite. You can you can feel <laughs> yes. how much, like, how yes. what that meant. That magnetism in that moment was just amazing. I think I clapped. Yeah. <laughs> sitting alone by myself. That's something. <laughs> so the music in this is fantastic. In the Uber with Adam Brody, one of my favorite songs of all time is playing To Become One by the Spice Girls. Oh, yeah. And there's like a modern ominous cover, which we usually make fun of, but it's of uh, It's Raining Men in the opening. And because it's so ironic here, I give it a pass. I'm like, (laughs) you can do an ominous cover of It's Raining Men. I'm going to let that. I'm going to let that slide. That's Blessing. fine. <laughs> I didn't even know Paris Hilton sang songs. Oh, whoa. What? <laughs> yeah. I don't know where I was at, but I was like, what? The Paris Hilton song has got to be the Salad Dragon. Yeah, absolutely. The Salad Dragon. A scene in a movie that is so bizarre, baffling, or transcendent that it instantly justifies the price of admission. Or Reese Witherspoon's leafy transformation in A Wrinkle in Time. It's Bo Burnham and Carey Mulligan in a drugstore. And Stars Are Blind by Paris Hilton comes on. That was her big stab at pop superstardom. And he knows all the lyrics, and then she knows all the lyrics, and they start this, like, beautiful lip-syncing meet-cute, even though they already know each other, but in the But does he know store. her from before? Does he, like, I feel like yes. that's the first time we see what she was like maybe before the tragedy, you know? And, like, she, yes. you see she was fun. Yeah. So. And it intercuts with them kind of falling in Like, yeah. if you're going to do a falling in love montage... This is how you do it. Like it felt Terrapa Pharmacy. (laughs) It felt fresh again. Like when was the last time a fucking falling in love montage felt good in a movie? You know, or like not perfunctory. And it was poking fun at itself the whole time. They knew that they're being dumb and cheesy. So it seemed to me almost like a music video, like a love scene in a music video, and Uh and so it's like dreamy, like. She, this is out of this world for her. Like, this is not the type of thing she does, falling in love, being cute. So it was so kind of yes. dreamy. And 
At first, I was like, okay, this is totally the salad dragon scene, but I kind of felt it, <laughs> it sort of made sense in the emotional state they were trying to tell with that. Yes, it was a load-bearing, perfectly placed salad dragon. It's not left field. It feels perfectly integrated. So, yeah, it's a special kind of salad dragon for a special <laughs> kind of scene. What did you boys think of that dragon? Um, I mean, it's tough to, you know, she's in the sort of revenge mode. Like, she's yeah. always conniving. So, to have her sort of falling in love, like, you know something's going to trigger her back into revenge mode. Um, right. I thought it was a little schmaltzy, but I, 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 I'm with you. It was fine. It was good. I like Paris Hilton <laughs> and dancing to it. You were unable to give your heart to it, though, because well, you I knew was just it was like, going to get dark. She just seems so, you know, I mean, I'm familiar with, you know, sort of the rape revenge genre, and she's just, like, out for revenge, and then she mm, turns, and then I know this is going to end up bad. but Yeah, you just don't trust it. Yeah. You don't try. I didn't really. I didn't. I, I couldn't just like go along with it. Like this is going to be a happy ending. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the brown eyed girl sequence in Sleeping with the Enemy. It's like things are pretty happy right now, but <laughs> shit's shit's going to go. Storms illumined. <laughs> Dancing with theater um, props and some weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, there was one. There was one scene that I felt flirted with student feature certification, and I was getting a little worried there. And I was watching it through Lucas's eyes at that point. <laughs> and it was a scene where she's like fighting with a guy in a truck and she gets huh. out and like smashes his taillights with a with a crowbar. And the guy, the guy's performance is like 80 yard or something, or they he was somebody's friend or he won a contest. <laughs> and it just that was the only part of this movie that didn't really fit for me. But, you know, you forget about it. You guys have probably already forgot about it. But that's that's the only point I was really worried. Yeah, I remember that scene. I don't remember what initiates it, though, because I thought she, like, had something happen before that that she couldn't react to. And that was, like, her way of, like, blowing off steam or something. And I can't remember what triggered it. Or maybe there was no trigger. Maybe she was just having a moment. Um, yeah, but the movie reminded me a lot of uh, Heather's with Christian Slater and Winona Ryder. Yeah, which had similar kind of anarchist vibes and like um, just that kind of biting satire. But what's funny about the Salad Dragon? I remember, yeah, thinking like Bo Burnham was like inspired casting and like absolutely delivers a star, you know, making turn as this doctor, uh, like old uh, college friend of hers, like from the med school days. Um, but I didn't think it was them in the in the pharmacy singing. I thought for some reason the salad dragon was with Carrie Mulligan and Connie Britton in the in the principal's like the dean's office. Like I thought that was the moment where I was like, oh wow, like this this is uh, like getting really really you know interesting. I think almost all of the big tentpole scenes you could make an argument that they're salad dragons. Like they're so strong. Like. The Alfred Molina scene. Loved it. I've never seen I've never seen anything like that. It's a four-bone scene for sure, because we're coming from the point of view of he's he knows what he did. He's been waiting for her to show up mm-hmm. at his house, and he is already completely <laughs> broken. 
every movie that that guy pops up in, he finds the way to fucking nail it. And I I couldn't have been more impressed with that scene. I loved that scene because he comes, he's the only one who remembered Nina's name, who it was important yes. enough to him to remember to her. remember it. And he was so full of contrition and willing to accept whatever punishment she was going to dole out, but she forgives him. And that was so strong to me. I loved it. Yeah, but it's also tense because you don't know what she's going to fucking do. You know, like she has this poker face on. She, she like recoils when he goes to reach out to her for forgiveness. You know, she goes in there yes. for a fight and then he reaches out to her for forgiveness and she recoils from that even more than like her, like him yelling at her. You know, it's like she doesn't want yes. that tenderness towards her and he holds her hand. She wants she, to fight. She wants yeah. to fight him. And like she, it almost like scares her more that she doesn't hate him all of a sudden or doesn't want him dead. And it's like, oh, it's such a good scene. Yeah. So good. There was another tiny uh, a mini salad dragon uh, moment. Ooh, a crouton? A bite, a bite of salad. Um, so yeah, yeah. What are we, what are we calling these? Are we calling these croutons? I like crouton. Not, I like crouton. Crouton. It's a good. crouton. Yeah. It's a little so crunchy there's a, treat. There's like a crouton where uh, Laverne Cox is meeting, kind of hanging yes. out with Bo Burnham in the cafe, getting to know him, <laughs> grilling him, and she's yeah. grilling him about killing oh. children. And it seems to come out of nowhere, and it's really awkward, and ends really awkwardly. It just that was the one moment of the film, the whole film, that I was like, that rubbed me weirdly. Like, it wasn't natural. It was very odd. Very odd. But I took it to mean, like, maybe she could smell something was a little off with this guy and was testing him, you know? And they all have weird sense of humor, so... That's a good call, though. A good interpretation. And he is... Uh, pediatric surgeon so it's not completely out of nowhere <laughs> she's not she's not asking an insurance adjuster if he's killed any children well, there's a the the kids leukemia joke too that i was like whoa they they went there yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. that and that all that all lends to the he, the general heather's vibe mm-hmm. too that lucas was mentioning it's like this movie doesn't give a fuck about if you're offended or not which is exhilarating when it's coming from so many new angles that you haven't seen before. So we're going to get extra vague toward the end game here where she enacts her final vengeance master plan. But there's an ominous orchestral version of Toxic by Britney Spears that I thought was really nice. So good. As she's approaching this, this end game. You know, and it didn't really draw attention to itself. It's just, it was very slow. And if, you know, you, you kind of, your brain is like, I know this song. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. It's toxic. And then it's over. Like, they don't, they don't triple underline it. Like, I think a lesser movie might. And, I mean, at least I completely didn't see it coming. No. What What happens in this no. film? Like, did, did any of you see or think that what actually happens was about to happen? Anything like it? Yeah, I, I kind of saw it coming because uh, there was some clickbait headline that kind of colored it for me that, no! I, that I stumbled across. No! And so no when clickbait. she got there, we got to the end and it started to go like down the left of the fork in the road. I was like, yeah, I think I know where this is going. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and there's other movies I could reference, which I won't because they're too much of a, sure. a, a giveaway, but you, they're out there. This is a good exercise for us. Yeah. It's a good exercise to try to stay vague about this. But at first I was, I was kind of knocked off 
off track with it. And I was like, uh, is this <laughs> the way this needs to go? I love it. But this. then I kind of, yeah. I recognized that it was a statement, like especially how they play it. It's a big statement move. And the satire continues. Like it's like you're swinging through with a golf swing and the satire swing continues. It doesn't stop. It just mutates a little bit. And by the end, I'm like, shit, that's completely satisfying, even though I was kind of scared at first yeah. <laughs> that it wouldn't be. Well, Carrie's uh, performance was so commanding and in charge and cunning. So I was like trained to think that it w- she was going to um, find a way to uh, get out of this. And... Um, it's like we're playing taboo or something. So even <laughs> so, even when the thing happened, I was still like, no, 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 something's she's got, she's got some, this something's right, yeah, right. And it wasn't until the colored nails were shown that I, yes, I was like aghast, like I cannot believe this. And then it fucking ends. There's no, it doesn't belabor it. It doesn't beleaguer it. It's just out. You can't ask for anything more than a movie that knows when to fucking drop the mic. You know? Yeah, it doesn't go where you want it to go, where you think you want it to go. Right. Where you where think you, think you, want, you want it to go. Because you, you think you want a certain ending, but then, <laughs> then you're like, oh, this is better. <laughs> yeah. This, yeah. This gave me something I didn't even know I wanted. What did you fellows think of the ending? Were you satisfied? I'll get two in my bones. Uh-oh. I, uh, I <laughs> think, you know, what Sister Brandy was saying, I, I was kind of um, hoping for a certain kind of ending. And yeah. instead it gave me this other ending. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I wasn't really super stoked on it. <laughs> I hear you. I can sense, I can sense that Bishki's brewing something up. <laughs> so, listen, we're so vague. We've handled it. Let's go to them. Promising bones. <laughs> We're going to go boy, girl, boy, girl here. Like in gym. Um, let's start with Sister Jessie. What do you got here? Okay. The title, starting with the title of the film, is so genius because when you think of the Brock Turners mm. getting their sentencing mm-hmm. and it's the judges talking about what a promising young man that person is. This yep. movie is saying, what about the promising young women who were the victims? Um, and I love that about the title. I love that about the whole point of the movie. I was not a Carrie Mulligan fan before this. I kind of was like, she's okay. She was <laughs> good in uh, an education. I really liked her in that. Um, mm-hmm. But... Then after this film, I am blown away by her performance. She was so confident and commanding and just really, I felt as though as an audience member, I was taken a hold of by the shoulders and dragged through yeah. this movie. I I didn't have any free will of what to think. I was told what to think. <laughs> and because of that, I, I was surprised again and again because I was led down this path only to find out it was that thing, only to find out that's what was going on. So I loved being directed like that. And, and that must be the director's, um, you know, strength is uh, she brought us on a journey. So I'm not even going to be shy and I'm going to give it four bones because <laughs> I... Oh. Oh. 
That's right. Wow. Extremely strong bones. Um, After the movie ended, I was like, my mind was like blown. I I sat there for like 10 minutes just thinking. I texted yeah. my friends. I was like, you have to see this movie. You have to watch it. Don't don't look up <laughs> anything about it. Just watch it. And yeah. that doesn't happen to me a lot. A lot of times, and no. especially the third act when I'm usually disappointed, like the movie's petering out. It's so predictable. Yeah. This one had me on the edge of my seat. That is pure word of mouth advertising that most movies can only dream of, you know, (laughs) like it's that it's, it's the same thing that drives viral videos on the internet. It's like, I have to, I have to give this to someone. I have to, I have to tell somebody about this. And that's like the purest form of advertising that there is. And it's always beautiful when it happens. And it's beautiful when it takes hold of you and you like become an evangelical Christian for a night where you're just like, you gotta see this fucking movie. <laughs> Have you heard the good word? <laughs> yeah. Fisher of men. All right. That's a four boner from Jesse. It sure is. A strong one. That's four meaty bones. We, we've we just discovered the bone with meat on it <laughs> uh, emoji that we got to be using now. <laughs> so let's throw a little bit of water on that and go to brother <laughs> Lucas. What do you got cooking up? Um, yeah, I, uh, I enjoyed the film, you know, uh, it was definitely like uh, a breath of fresh air with, I feel like a lot of the stuff we've been stuck at home watching on, on at quarant during quarantine. Um, and uh, it feels like this movie's reputation preceded it because I somehow like had just seen headlines about it, even though I didn't I, I didn't read them. I, I try to stay away from them. But you're too plugged in. You're too yeah, plugged yeah, in. You're just scrolling down a homepage. <laughs> it's like I can't not just randomly see something. You know, it's tough. Mm. It's tough out there uh, for it a cinephile. Tough. Yeah, that, that ending definitely can affect your bone count. I kind of felt like maybe structurally I would have liked it to start the story to start like earlier and maybe give us like a scene with her and, and her friend Nina before Nina um, is gone. But Has uh, something befall her. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I just felt like because you started so late in the game, it doesn't really give you anywhere to go. Like emotionally, you know, you're kind of playing the same beat emotionally, like for every scene. And then you kind of get, I got kind of lost in the timeline as I was watching it. Cause I was like, what's going on here. And then finally, when it like starts to kick in, in the second half, I was like, okay, I think I know what's going on here. And that being said, like, I, yeah, I just was hoping, I guess it, it was more, uh, of a type a ending instead of a type B ending. Um, mm. so yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, Really? These bones sound like they're painful coming out. They're coming out <laughs> sideways. Um, yeah, no, I, I love the cast. It's got a great supporting cast. I'll give it two and a half bones. I, I thought it was solid. <laughs> Technically solid, yeah. Sounds good. Two and a half bones. We'll take it. We'll take it and run. Uh, all right. Sister Brandy, what are you doing with your bones? Oh, my bones are a plenty. Um, I'm gonna Uh oh. I am I'm gonna give it three and a half bones. Um, nice. I was really, really excited to see this one after I saw the preview, and I was really hyped for some revenge. And I got some of it, 
you know, like the scenes with the, where they tee it up, where she's taking these guys home yeah. and they are just saying all the things that just make your blood curdle as a woman. And <laughs> you want to like punch all these guys. And, and then yeah. she gives it up a little too early. And I'm just like, and then mm. she just goes to leave. I'm like, oh, oh, wait, wait. And if she is doing more to some of them, I would have liked to see a little taste of that. And they kind of give mm-hmm. you a little taste or a little a little fake out with the hot dog or whatever jelly or whatever is on her hand the next day when she's doing her fake walk of shame. That's <laughs> really her. It's it's like you see a walk of shame, but you get the walk of empowerment from her. Yeah. You know? So it's, right. it's kind of an awesome That's reversal. But you wanted some real blood to be flowing and spattering. In parts, I appreciated the, uh, what's the word? Restrained. Restrained. Very restrained with everything. And and at a certain point, I kind of wanted it to just, like, cut loose. And at the end, it started to, and, like, we kind of got that. So I finally got it at the end, but I would have liked it a little bit earlier. Um, Sure. Everything that she had planned was great. You know, all of her little mini plans on all the people that had you know, wronged her friend. And I thought, Mm -hmm. I thought the one with Alison Brie was the most important one because she was the female blaming, you know, friend. She called herself a friend. And like, then Mm -hmm. it felt so real, so crushingly real. That one I think was my favorite where she teed her up to just have a little bit of, you know, her own medicine. (laughs) And that was great. That was so good. Yeah. And and yeah, it was. I thought all the little mini stories were great. The ending, I really liked. I thought they put a bow on it. And yeah, three and a half bones for me. I enjoyed it. Three and a half mm-hmm. bones from Sister Brandy. <laughs> all right, Bisky's gonna be stingy. What are you doing, Bisky? What are you doing? Um, Uh-oh. first off, I'll agree with Jesse. You got to see this movie, and you have to contend with it. Like, go see yes. it. I mean, don't go anywhere, but just rent <laughs> it. <laughs> um, Stay put. Go to your living room. Back in 2018, episode nine, we covered a rape revenge film called Revenge, which yep, was yep. a stunning debut from female writer-director Coralie Farge, I believe. And Promising Young Woman, I think we have a stunning debut from writer-director Emerald Fennell. <laughs> Super confidently directed and uh, very well thought out visually. I, I love the look mm-hmm. and production design, everything. Um, in terms of the theme, um, I'm reminded of something Oprah said in a podcast. She said, now is not the time <laughs> for forgiveness. Now is the time for anger, mm. which I think. Uh-oh, you uh, wanted blood too, didn't you? <laughs> well, no, I, no, I think it's, it's an interesting theme. I think in terms of the... The movie, it's kind of loaded dice. Like, every guy in the movie is either a rapist or a rape apologist. And every woman in the movie is kind of a rape apologist. And Not Clancy Brown. Not not sweet Clancy Brown. No, not Clancy Brown. (laughs) Not Clancy Brown. And so it's like... For once. Yeah. Some of the plot mechanics, which we didn't get into, I kind of found myself scratching my head. Uh, And I wasn't, like LT, I wasn't completely satisfied with the ending. But throughout this film, I was glued to the screen. You know, I think, there you go. Uh, yeah, Carrie Mulligan, she'll be nominated uh, as she should be. And, uh, you know, I think it's definitely a major film of the Me Too moment. Um, of course. I would love to see the split of the audience score in Rotten Tomatoes of men versus oh, women. Boy. Um, oh boy! We, we do not have those metrics, but um, oh. but uh, I think 
I think, yeah, no, I think it's it's definitely going to start a conversation around many things. I mean, the film is many things, and um, I did enjoy it. I'm going to give it what LT gave it, two and a half bones. And, two uh, and a half. And I would love to talk about it more in I detail know. with people <laughs> once they've seen it. Get us up in those comments, yes. fam. Yes. There's certain yes. There's certain plot elements that I really wanted to talk about that we didn't want to spoil. But anyway. Two and a half bones. Yep. See it. See it. All right. So we got four, an unashamed four, two and a half, three and a half, back down to two and a half. And again, I think for me, Bo Burnham must be a lucky charm. The movie he directed, eighth grade, got a rare four bones out of me. And so did this. Four bones. I loved this movie. I was smiling, a horrified smile the entire time. <laughs> the tension was ratcheting up inside of me in ways I didn't know I could still feel. How can something be so light and so heavy at once? There are literally billions of ways this could have gone horrendously wrong. And it did not. It somehow all stayed on the tracks. Everything is so fresh with this that, like Jesse said, I feel I feel like the power of the Holy Spirit is inside <laughs> of me, and I need to tell people about this. That's why I'm like, we can't we can't spoil this for people, even though we have a spoiler warning. I I, I won't do it. I won't blaspheme against this film by spoiling it. So that's something, and it's rare, and it's a four boner for me, four meaty bones. <laughs> so there you have it folks we're all over the place but I, I think we all agreed that it should be seen and yeah. it's the movie of right now like you gotta be part of it gotta see it thanks so much for coming on you guys yes, it was great to you. have your insights I was excited go spread the word y'all send us out with a great club hit Lodge Master <laughs> you, want a, you want a great club hit you'll get a great club <laughs> good good <laughs> love and light everybody Bye, love, and light. love and light go see it Go see it. I mean, don't go anywhere, but just rent it.